Hey everyone, it's Martin. Thanks very much for choosing Get Out of Rap. Today's episode, I'm joined again by Erica Farmer for part two of our uh, conversation. She gets a bit ranty. It's part two, everyone. The wait has not been long. It's part two. Uh, Erica <laughs> Farmer, the co-founder of Quantum Rise, and just before I hit record, the phrase was, it's going to get a bit ranty. <laughs> it's going to get a bit ranty. <laughs> There's a soapbox coming in stage left. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> set face to stun. <laughs> you can use that one. I love that one. Set I love that. Stun. That's brilliant. As a trackie, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny>. um, <laughs> so, what... Let the rant commence. What are we going to be talking about in part two? I mean, I love part one. Um, and we were just getting into a flow and it was like, right, okay, that's why we've got to do a part two. It, yeah. And this is, I think we touched on it briefly, but it's about following your heart, right? What does yeah. that actually mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we were talking about, you know... <laughs> what are the learns that we've had over the last couple of years after the pandemic and are we doing the right things for our learners and I guess we started to go into the territory of are we doing the right things for ourselves as well and I think a lot of people have spent two years perhaps in a different environment than they used to maybe that's home or a different way of working and I think what we're seeing now is for a lot of people asking the question what does that mean to me now and I guess that my my what does that mean to me now probably started about <clears throat> I say started probably about three years ago, but I always knew at some point I was going to work for myself. I always knew I had it in me to run a business. I never quite had refined what that was going to be and why that was going to be. But actually moving from Virgin, which I had an amazing role, head of talent, leadership and, and apprenticeship. I had about two people in the function then I moved to spec savers and I had an amazing manager and team and and all the rest of it but it just didn't feel right that move <clears throat> and reflecting back now I was probably chasing something which I've now found but I didn't realize that's what I was chasing at the time because mm. I'd kind of bounced around these big jobs for a couple of time hoping I was going to get into that brand and find whatever it was I was looking for I've now I think I've now found and I, I was just saying to you Martin I spend not a huge amount of time probably about 10-15% of my time either speaking to um, business leaders or speaking at conferences or running workshops or even do kind of some give back to college students and things like that talking about actually I'm now in the space of being really clear around what's important to me and what's not so important to me and money has started to come down that list which I always thought it was the top of the list but the big role and the big money which I had at Virgin and British Gas and those kind of roles actually that started to kind of come down this still important don't get me wrong but actually <laughs> the most important thing is the autonomy and um, what I call following your heart uh, kind of going to work but it not feeling like work so 
you know, I haven't done a day's work in two years, although I've probably worked the hardest I've ever worked running my own business. I play, I don't work. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work because you're doing what you love. You're doing is your baby. You're choosing the people that you work with. You're choosing the clients that you partner with. Um, we have um, 14 delivery partners at Quantum Rise and we've honed those relationships and selected those individuals either through people I used to work with in previous roles or since we've met over the last two years. It's just great. And yeah. I don't wake up. I have not had a morning where I've woken up over the last two years and go, oh, God, yeah. I've got that meeting today or I've got to speak to that person today or that's that just isn't How in amazing my, is that? It's just not there now. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you think then, I absolutely can resonate with um, this, I think we all can, you reach a certain point um, and you think, right, if I go and get more responsibility and it includes this team, that's going to satisfy this thing I have inside of me that means I need to be I need to be challenged, whether it's challenged more, I need to progress, I need to, uh, I don't want to be static. Was there, and so you said you're always clear that it needed, that it was going to result in you um, owning your own business, or was it a bit more nebulous at first? So you you kind of like search an area, oh, it's not that. Search yep. an area, oh, it's not that. I wonder if it's running my own thing and that kind of autonomy and agency, freedom, yeah, I think it's probably a bit of all of it. So being an only child, <clears throat> who definitely has only child syndrome, by the way. <laughs> I'm quite open and happy to talk about that. Uh, and everything Part that goes three, well everybody. With that. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> um, I always knew there was an element of independence that would play through um, not having a boss and being the own boss and making those decisions and and ultimately I think what drives me now is that kind of kind of it's it's a bit scary and it's very exciting of making those decisions and not having the fallback so if I don't work with the clients in the way that we need to or we don't deliver what we should be doing you know we're not going to be paying the mortgage in a couple of months time I can't hide some kind of corporate machine where I've seen people do that in the past and it's not my thing to hide anyway I like putting my neck out the line I like challenge I always thought it was the motivation of um credibility and respect and challenge that drove me up the scale up that greasy pole that we talked about last time and you're right I think I went to Specsavers and I was like I'm looking for something and it's not here and I went to Virgin and I was looking for something and it's not here and it was that point I had the clarity of I think it's let's exit stage left and go on a different track as it were and I think I had the clarity around that so it, it started to come together and I remember Martin between going between Virgin and Specsavers one Sunday morning I, it sounds cheesy but I literally sat up in bed and I was like right today I'm going to start a business it's going to be called this it's going to do this and da 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 and da 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 and that's how I'm going to market it and that's my client and I just had this moment of clarity and that's how I set up my first business welcome to Ling on that Sunday and by the Tuesday it'd been incorporated and it was a business yeah. and it was there you know and sometimes it just takes that moment of right I'm gonna do it mm. just do it what's the yeah. worst that can happen and I ran yeah. that business along outside Specsavers and it just got to the point where I had to make a decision yeah and I always knew what decision I was going to make yeah follow your heart 
Yeah. And that, well, actually, that kind of, I t- again, have you ever heard JFDI? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I worked, um, worked back in the day for a, uh, a, she was a force of nature. She was terrifying to work with at first. Um, and she would basically, if she could see you procrastinating <laughs> about something, she would just I shout at first, JFDI, um, <laughs> often using all of the words, just effing do it. Um, and she, but she, at what, when she talked about it afterwards, she went, you know what the decision is? You, you really do. Because once you'd reached a point, so I was a, I think I was a team leader. I was, I it was early management. Um, so it's not like I was completely green, right? And she trusted me and she just didn't like to see this dithering, as she called it. <laughs> and that has really stuck with me. So it's kind of, um, I work with some people who are lovely and great, but they're perfectionists and I'm definitely not. Um, we make a nice mix, but I, that kind of just, just go forward, get it, get it done. And yep. the bit that I'm really interested in then is, so you set up, um, the first business and that's running alongside and were you then was it was that nice was that nice to have that or was it a, a, like a, always a challenge that was <clears throat> extremely motivational because that was the start of the snowball that started yeah. to gather pace and and give me more and more clarity week by week in terms of it being the right thing to do going forwards and I remember sitting in a, uh, spending a day with a, with a colleague at Specsavers and a very trusted colleague, lovely lady. And we were sat having lunch and I was just talking about the business, the business, the business, the business, the business. And she said, Erica, do you realise what you sound like? You're, you're saying to me, you haven't made a decision, but all your, you light up when you're talking about welcome to and like working for yourself. And she says, you've already made the decision. Back to your point about, you know, the individual that you were working with. So having people play stuff like that back to me and whether you go looking for that kind of confirmation bias of that's the decision I've made, I just want you to tell me that's the decision <laughs> yeah. I've made. It's the right one, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just and, yes. <laughs> and on the flip side, I remember talking to my dad about it and my parents have always been employed. They've never been entrepreneurial in that space. Um, and, and never had huge amounts of money or anything. Um, and my dad was like, you're going to do what? Why would you leave such a great role in such a great company? And it's in certain Erica and the dirt and politics. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. This is what is right for me. And I had about six months savings stacked up in, in my bank account. So I knew if it all fell over, I could pay the mortgage yeah. for six months. Yeah. Um, so that gave me a little bit of confidence and reassurance. But again, that's not a huge amount of money, right? Yeah. Um, so, and and I remember this, met- I talk about this metaphorical moment where I'm, um, I'm stood on the edge of this cliff in my head and I'm either going to flop and fall or I'm going to fly. So one of the two is going to happen. And luckily, I think I grew my wings and started to fly. And we're certainly flying now in quantum rise. But part of that was I've always been someone who knew I had to have great people around me in whatever capacity that looks like, whether that's as a head of learning and development or whether that's a, a business consultant or, you know, 
delivery partners, great clients, great people to work with, even to the point where I go and hunt people out. And I'm like, we're going to do business. You don't know it yet, but we're going to do business. <laughs> so if you see me stalking you on LinkedIn, you know, you're on my I was hoping list. that that's what you were saying just then. <laughs> Well, you and I are going to do business. We're yeah, already doing business. <laughs> but um, and since that moment, no shit, from a mental health perspective and a physical health perspective, I felt a massive So I've always been one of those people where I've had my shoulders up with my neck and I've been tight and stressed and got kind of that, oh, my God, you know, something's going to go wrong. Almost in that living my life in that fight or flight kind of mm parasympathetic nervous system type space which isn't healthy for anybody mm. and that was always driven by my need for perfection and to be seen as credible and to be seen as good at what I do and I built this kind of whole persona in my head of who Erica is and there's been a couple of times where that's been tested whether I've been made redundant and the role gets swept out from under you and you think god my whole life was kind of anchored to that mm. what does that now mean with that not being there anymore so I'd learned some lessons through that but to the point where I've um, I had a big jaw operation when I was 30 because I had what they call um, maxillofacial pain where you're kind of crunching your teeth and holding your stress and had a bit of a crossbite. So I get severe headaches. And when I was working uh, employed, I probably get these kind of headachey, painy jaw things two or three times a week where you had to really dose yourself up on painkillers and go and lie in a dark room. And that was me processing and holding all of my anxiety and my stress. Two or three times a week, that would fool yeah. me, whether wow. in a hotel room or something like that. Honestly, Martin, I've had that twice in the last two years now. Wow. But look at the difference yeah. in how two I'm or three times myself. a week. Yeah. 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 So that in itself is like, because I feel like I don't have... The kind of having to live up to someone else's ex expectations, having to toe the corporate line, have the bullshit conversations, work with crappy managers, not agree with what the the, the you know the, the the line is coming down from the senior leader saying we've got to keep these bunch of stakeholders happy. Well, that's not the right thing to do. This is yeah. what we should be doing. Yeah. But you know, so it's all of that that I just don't have to deal with anymore that on reflection was just making me unhappy, really. So I think that all of that together has helped my clarity. I talk about clarity quite a lot and following my heart and making the choice of saying, I'm going to park all that. I've loved it. I've met some amazing people. I've got some incredible experience, certifications, network, everything that's propping me up in quantum rise now. But that's had it's time and it's place it's now time to do something different um and I always used to say I've got fibromyalgia so I always used to say these kind of trains to London twice a week or flying to Manchester every Tuesday having to be an extra airport checked in at 10 past six not getting home till half past eight you know there's only so long that my fibro is going to allow me to keep up that in terms of energy right and yeah. time and stress and everything so again something had to change there so it's almost like this i talk about the stars aligning it sounds very cliche but you know but you're in charge of your own fate and your own destiny it's the decisions that you make that take you there and I, that's why to, to be honest some of the reasons some of the ingredients that made up doing the podcast is so that people can hear this because you know I don't regret anything 
but I because your experiences make you right and well, yeah. where I'm here now more knowledgeable I think because of the experiences even though I would have the, the me now would have dealt with them very differently but and I can't do that but what I can do is bring great guests on like yourself but also talk about if there's people there now I can remember uh, the, the, if you, the, the main motivation being to your point you, you said something there about you build this persona and I I wanted to be a senior leader but felt that the me at the time wasn't able to do that I didn't fit the mold I wasn't I didn't look or sound like a people that were in that position and when I got exposure to them um there was one instance in, in particular this guy was offensive and horrible to me about the team's performance. Wow. Um, and was just a horrible, horrible person. And I can remember, the, again, the conflict inside of, to be honest, just wanting to uh, roundhouse him <laughs> <laughs> or, or cer certainly walk out and go, I, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm a human being. I don't need this. It's just a place of work, right? Um, but you, again, you associate your worth in that moment. Yep. And I can remember going home and thinking, uh, saying, well, I want to progress here. I've just got to suck this up. And knowing now what I know, because actually fast forward a year or so, even though I was flying then, I'd been made redundant. Now I look back and think about that guy and go, what a bell end mm -hmm. and what a horrible human. Um, I won't tell you what he actually said. It's just horrible. Um, and it was in front of other people. Now I think, I, why did I accept that? Why didn't I appreciate that? I don't need to do this. And this is, this is the, the, the culture of the company is personified by how the senior leaders operate. Uh -huh. and, Fish and lots the, from the head down. Yeah. yeah and the, and the, the way they conduct themselves, but also what they allow to happen. So there were other senior people in the room and um, it's just not worth it. And I think, if the podcast can help people realize if you're in a situation where instinctively you know mm -hmm. it's wrong and it's doing you damage as who you are as a as a human get out mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. find something else do do your own thing you know the path you know the way out like i knew the way out then but i i was like right had a had a young baby Look, just bought our, our first place started you know we've got debts oh, I've got mm. I've got to stick at this I'm the main income one mm. and I've just I've got a good career path you know and you tell yourself all this you do yeah down deep down you're like hey no that that was bloody awful what that and and it's not a one-off you know this is mm. kind of how they operate get do something that makes you happy mm -hmm. um, and if the podcast in a small way helps people sit down and reflect where they are um and to your point about what is it you know we all go through this thing about I, I, we all want to seek happiness mm -hmm. right and if we're spending the majority of our time at work mm -hmm. you can't go i'm happy apart from work well mm -hmm. work makes up the majority of your life so there's something there's something missing there what mm -hmm. um i'm mm -hmm. just rambling now you've got no, but, but it makes me think i don't know if you 
got Apple TV. Yeah. But there's a series on Apple TV at the moment called, I think it's called Severance. And right. it's about these people that it's just got launched on, it's got a couple of episodes. And, and it, it's almost addressing that point you've just made here, where these people work at this company and they have, they, they elect to have this brain surgery where the company severs their work memories from their home memories because they don't want to deal with the work stuff at home and the home stuff at work so it's almost like having wow. two people and when they go up and down this elevator the other part of the break so they can go home and not think about work and then they go to work and not think about home but it's all of the repercussions of of that and stuff like that and it, How it just interesting just reminded me exactly what you're saying around you know so you know i can't imagine something like that ever happening god knows you never know but why are we even in the position where we're having yeah. to question mm. you know i've got and, and you're right it's the narrative and it's the most difficult decisions you make is when things aren't going good or things are stressful or you've got you know obligations such as a young family and a partner mm. and debts and stuff like that and i get that i don't i don't get the the children thing because I don't have children but I have obligations myself and I think when I talk to people first thing I would say to that that you that version of you who was having that crappy conversation with that awful manager if that is somebody listening to the podcast at the moment just reach out and have a conversation with somebody like you or somebody like me you can find us on LinkedIn even if you just need to talk about it and understand what the art of the possible is there are lots of people out there that will empathize, empathize and understand and try and help. Yeah. I think just realize that for a start. Yeah. That's that could always I love be that. a well, first that, step. That, isn't that the beauty of mentoring, right? Because mm. it's taken, I worked for a company that went into administration like suddenly, like one afternoon. Mm. Um, I was made redundant from a role where I was absolutely at the top of my game flying. Mm-hmm. We, we, the numbers were amazing. I've maybe done it from another role, but those experiences, right, helped me get to where I am now, which yep. is which is knowing I'm never going to associate the level of self-worth of, of, of me into work. I'm going to have mm-hmm. a good work ethic. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to commit myself. But you know what? I'm never going to have those, the depths of the fall where you go, what? What's happening? And, you know, even just some practical things like um, I'm my, my, if you call it a CV, I use LinkedIn for that, constantly mm-hmm. up to date because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's about, you know, it, it led to me networking more. Yep. There's lots of things that people could do without having to go through the downs, right? So you can learn. And that's what mentoring is about, isn't it? It's that mm-hmm. kind of talk to me about where you're at, benefit from this if you want, take from it what you will. But absolutely, you know, those kind of I'm so thankful for those um, experiences now Mm. because I feel like I've evolved so much as a result. Mm. Um, I've forgotten before we hit record. What was the name of your keynote again? What did you say it was? Oh, the gift of choice. Yeah. And And realising that we have a choice is the first step. Yes. So what? What's at the hub of that then? That is basically that we're always in a position where we have that choice. Yeah. And the the, the, the Japanese have a model called Ikigai. I don't know if you've come across yeah. that. It's like the Venn diagram mm. of yeah. um, what you love doing, uh, what you're great at, what can make you money and what the world needs. And it's got kind of like you, it's, it's your passion and your love and your heart kind of sits in the middle. Mm. 
Um, and they very much believe around, although very disciplinarians in terms of school and education and business, it is about finding your ikigai and being clear about that. So we talk, in the gift of choice, we talk about um, every day is a Tuesday, as in choose Tuesday. Um, nice. and, you, and you make a number of choices, bit cheesy, but it works. No, uh, you like make it. a number of choices um, every day. And, and I asked the first exercise we do, I, I, I put a poll on the screen. I said, how many choices do we make in a day? And if you think about it, literally, I choose to open my eyes. I choose to get out of bed the right way. I choose what clothes to wear. I choose if I'm going to have a shower or not. I choose what time I leave for work, you know, and it gets into the thousands and sometimes all of this noise of repeat, eat, sleep, repeat gets in the way of what is this telling me? What's my heart telling me? I'm following my head because I've got to look after the family and I've got to pay the mortgage and I've got to get to work on time because the boss will have a go at me if not. Almost this like Android robotic type um, existence where we're draining that battery. We talked about the battery last time, didn't we? We're draining. We go to work with battery and come home with an empty battery, which should be the other way around. And actually just lifting your head and having a moment to think, what choice do I really want to make that's aligned to who I am as a person? Let's just park all of this noise. And that could mean my partner, you know, my boss, everything else, my own expectations of things. Um, and I look at people that I know and I, who haven't done that at any point, they've just kind of been on the treadmill, done what they think they should have done. And it's almost to the point where they um, are made redundant or they retire and they're like, they're not very happy because they've led a life thinking what they should do rather than what they could do. And for me, the first choice, uh, the first important piece of the gift of choice is just being clear around you guy. What is it that you want to do? What sets your heart on fire? What makes you fly? rather than coming, coming home every day and just thinking, God, there must be more to life than this. There is, you just need to do something about it. I love that. You know, um, uh, Obama, right? Um, so I, a few years ago, really sort of got into minimalism. You wouldn't think from my um, <laughs> bookcase behind me, but, um, and part of that was because Barack Obama and a few other kind of, people that have got very important roles in a kind of role model type um, individuals talked about decision fatigue. So mm -hmm. Barack Obama is actually a minimalist in terms of things like his wardrobe mm -hmm. and what he wears. And, and it's because he wanted to be mentally equipped to make choices about things that mattered rather than that litany of choice decisions you talked about in terms of when you wake up, right? So uh, what am I wearing? What's going on? What am I having for dinner? Minimalism or essentialism what, um, tries to get you to take, you know, reduce those number of choices around what you're wearing, what you're eating, how your house is, so that when it comes to big choices, you're you have more mental battery. You, you're kind of yeah. in a you're in a you're in a better place. You're not worn out by all the decisions we do have to we do have to make if so instinctively people will be able to say I, I think I know what's going to make me really happy but here they come they come all the reasons why I can't yep. how do you address that what's your response to that yeah and <clears throat> that's a great question um and we 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 make a choice in that in itself 
right? Because this isn't a rehearsal. It's not, you know, we're only here on this planet once, as far as we know. Yeah. Unless, you know, my two pugs sat next to me or someone very important no, in a previous we've life. Got something to tell you. <laughs> would surprise me the way that they behave, the little divas, but, uh, you know, probably someone super important lying next to me snoring away. But, uh, and I like to think there is, being a vegan, I like to think there is something around, um, you know, speciesism and all that kind of stuff. But again, that's part four. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 make, make, you make a decision around the moment that you're in, because that's all we have is the moment. We don't have the past. We don't have the future. We have perceptions of that, but that doesn't exist. All we have is right now. And you know, in your heart of hearts, because you can feel the warmth and the, the fuzzy feeling when something good happens, you get energized by it, you light up, you have the way that you talk about it versus that drowning feeling. And, you know, that might just be a tiny little feeling, but you know it in your heart around, oh, about, you know, Sunday, the Sunday night blues they talk about, don't they? Oh, the weekend's gone, back to work Monday morning. Are you really going to spend the rest of your life with that as your benchmark? And that's a decision you need to make, really. And, you know, I had years of thinking about, um, and, and maybe this was a subconscious direction that I went in, building my network, getting my name known, being great at what I do, um, putting energy into that. I decided, you know, I've never been a maternal person. Family was never on my um, plan, but, you know, I always knew I wanted to do things like this, for example. This is where I get my energy from. So whether I subconsciously, subconsciously has gone, gone in that direction and built my house as I've gone to be able to live in it now, I think people need to sit and think about what makes me truly happy. Well, because that's the most important thing for all of us, really. Yes, it's nice to have a house and a car and a family and some dogs and a partner and a this and that but if those things aren't making you happy then what does make you happy because I'm not going to come and tell you what makes you happy you're not going to tell people no one's coming no one's coming yeah. Yeah. you know and only you are in control of who you are and how you are other people can influence you but I can't you're not a puppet I can't pull your strings and tell you to go in a certain way it's 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 down to you and that sounds a little bit sharp and a bit cold when you put it that way but I'm sorry that's the kind of where we are but the good news is it's down to you how you make yourself happy and the decisions that you make that lead to that as well it's no coincidence is it that um the number of side hustles or um second business people doing startups entrepreneurial mm -hmm has absolutely skyrocketed mm -hmm. in the pandemic because yeah. what have we all been given time yeah. so we don't have to commute we have suddenly been able to use hours differently and maybe because for a while we were all constricted people explored other things and maybe they explored their passions and all of a sudden there has been a huge upsurge in mm -hmm. the side hustle. It's part of our common like vernacular now, mm -hmm. and it's accepted. And all of a sudden, people are right. Uh, companies are writing policies around second incomes and second jobs, and is isn't that great? But it kind of points to this whole thing about you know, there's we've we, we've done things in a certain way in, mm -hmm. in our in in the world, and 
it is live for the weekend, get your head down, put up with it, go in. And all of a sudden, because we've had like a circuit break, mm-hmm. something that's just completely changed how we think, our system, and much like the Matrix, right? The Matrix, love it, love the, it. The, the system is now trying to take us back. Mm-hmm. So it's, no, no, everybody come back. Don't worry, we've added another Back into your pods. Table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, batteries it, and all it, that. It's it, ironic, isn't it? it? It's funny, isn't it? Because it's kind of like... Funny because it's true, yeah. Yeah, and you've got this kind of like, yeah, no, this, this kind of isn't for me. I want to change all my hours. I want to do part-time because I want to do this. And yeah, and it's just smashed everything to bits. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't think us in terms of the contact center industry, we've the easy thing to do is just to revert back and go, right, everyone back. back. Yeah. Everyone back. Yeah. Um, and that's not the way forward. It's mm-hmm. certainly when we're struggling to attract people mm-hmm. because you you know, how do you offer that kind of freedom that you can explore your entrepreneurial spirit whilst here getting paid, servicing customers, learning about customer service and customer experience you can do all of those things but i don't but instead it's more too often or too many are just going right everyone back we've given yeah. it a new lick of paint yeah um there's an extra microwave you get some fruit during the uh during the morning that's the wellness policy yeah rather than um embracing people's passions and you know just being really grown up about things and saying yeah you're not going to work here for forever but Let's see how we can make you happy whilst you're here. What is it that makes you happy? Where is your passion? Yeah, when was the last time somebody asked you that question, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Without being, you know, again, as a manager, I think I've, people can please correct me if I'm wrong, but I've surprised people in the past about um, if you're not happy, I'll help you be happy. And even if that means you leave this company, because I'd rather you were happy somewhere else than here and miserable what is it that lights your fire what is it that makes you love life because the thought of well I'm here now for good I'm going to be here for 17 years those days are long gone anyway long gone gone. and I I think you're right and I think the other lens that people have looked at side hustles and, and working changes is we've in in our lifetime probably you know, I certainly wasn't around for the the Second World War. That was probably the uh, the largest loss of life that we've seen since the pandemic. You know, before the pandemic, um, and a lot of people lost their lives, and a lot of people lost their loved ones, and their grandparents, and their parents, and you know, all the awful things that happened. Um, and you're right, we're all locked down, and we could go out for a bit of exercise. And it felt very kind of the regime. People also started to question that kind of piece around. Oh my God, you know, what, what happens if I get ill or what happens if I lose a family member or what happens if this, and, and, and have I lived my best life? So I think people have looked at their life in that lens as well. Unfortunately, it's been a really horrible thing that's prompted them to do it. But I also think that along with the more flexible mindset, and if we look forward, web three is kind of on the dawn, you know, that's coming in where we're going to be unrestricted from the way we've operated ever before and I think if we start thinking about what web 3 could actually mean to people no longer is the internet going to be there just to give information or for us to engage on LinkedIn or Facebook it's going to be a completely open space for people to be as creative as they can ever be and live in a completely different way 
I think employers, re, they, I'm, and I've seen it in a couple of organisations where you're starting to see people come in, head of futurism, head of future working. And if big organisations aren't having those kind of thinkers, particularly around the workforce, now's the time to do it because you're, you're right there'll be talent out there running and building their own businesses and various side hustles we're already seeing it you know um the the younger dragon now on dragon's den Stephen, what's Bartlett. his name Bartlett. yeah yeah, 20, yeah 28 years old who would have yeah. thought that when we saw dragon's den 10 years ago even that in itself is massively different so so it i i think kind of and interestingly in my time at british gas so I did four years at British Gas in the apprenticeship space, and they always talked about agent of the future. And for them, that was somebody working from home, right? <laughs> that was the agent of the future, yeah. someone who could take, who was multi-skilled, who could deal with different clients or web chat and phone and all the rest yeah. of it, and they were working from home. That was that was yeah. agent of the future. I mean, well, that's not what we'd call agent of the future now, is it? No, now it's a brain in a jar in the metaverse. <laughs> But, but yeah, I, th I think, you know, like you said, and going back to my British Gas example, you know, worked a lot with the engineers at British Gas and they all joined the academy when they were 16, went through their apprenticeships, you know, stayed till they were 50, 55, normally quite unhappy for the last 20 years of their life because they were staying for the pension. It was all about the pension. You know, um, I know people who stayed at British Gas when they weren't happy because there was good maternity rights and maternity pay. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You've wasted 20 years of your life just because you're going to get a good pension at the end of it. And actually, the, the, the stats tell us that once very active people stop being active over a period of time actually the 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 life expectancy unfortunately shortens mm. because you've gone from one thing to another thing and I just all of that just blows my mind yeah. I remember having conversations with senior engineers and they were like yeah I'm really not happy with the changes in the organization but I can't leave because I've got seven years left I'm like of course you can leave what it's are you talking about yeah. not prison <laughs> you're not chained exactly yeah. chained to your British gas van you know it's just mental. They've got their yes. families held hostage somewhere. You better come to the work. <laughs> but interestingly, that's kind of the tone that you would get from the mindset mm. of some of these guys. And mm. looking at what's it called Generation Alpha now, isn't it? It's not even Gen Z. We've moved on again. Um, you know, it, it's just just income is going to be very different. Work is not going to exist in the way that we know it. Um, and technology we're having uh, i'm doing um, a, a keynote at the um bksb conference for training providers two weeks time and i'm going to talk about it's not about keeping up now it's about leapfrogging it's not about god actually we need to embrace online learning it's about actually what's the next thing coming like web3 and like our apprentices coming through in five years time who have an expectation to consume learning in their own time in their own way and not attend uh monday to friday program or this that and the other it's going to be completely different and uh, this for me opens up that gift of choice even more see i'm on my soapbox now i we love knew it it's coming this, <laughs> this kind of period of um being unsettled because i imagine there's people listening who genuinely trying to make their places of work good places to be but might not even know how to accommodate some of the things that you're talking about. You know, it's 
they're not even close to the current setup, let alone thinking about going further ahead. Mm. How, what would you recommend for people that might be in that position? Other than talking to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Come and listen to the keynote. (laughs) So classic example, um, I, I, um, like probably you, I'm in these different Facebook groups, HR and all this kind of stuff. And there's a HR consultant on a group last night saying, a uh, bit of advice needed. We've traditionally hired people um, who live close to the office, as most organisations have. And then over the pandemic, we've started hiring people who are remote anywhere in the country. And we're now in the the people that we've hired recently have more flexible working than the people that we hired within the radius of the office any advice and my response was a have you asked them what they want to do b empower them if they want to come into the office let them if they don't want to come into the office don't let them and if you really have to c work with them to create some kind of decision making matrix works people so if you do need to do this kind of task actually we recommend you do this if you do need to do that actually we recommend doing that too for those people who want a little bit more guidance and structure they've got that as well and that in itself was like oh yeah that's a great idea i'm like why are we not already starting in the position of what works for you and i know why because we're still in the place as managers and leaders of control and micromanagement and it frustrates me when I see job specs go on to LinkedIn where you still see must be within so many miles of Manchester city centre or Birmingham or London. And I'm like, have we not learned anything around accessibility, inclusivity, talent pools, remote working? So I think there's a piece of it, it's down to mindset. If you're the senior leader, it's really around challenging yourself. Are you a selfless manager or are you a selfish manager that's the decision that's the thinking you need to do are you thinking about your own preferences or genuinely the preferences of your team or function or organization that for me to the your point earlier around the fish rots from the head down that's what's going to drive organizational culture leadership climate psychological safety or the lack of psychological safety and therefore empowering genuinely empowering people in what they want to do and how they want to do it because all of the research is showing us now that if you genuinely trust and empower people you will get a better return so let's just park all the other stuff and again i know i oversimplify stuff the way i talk about this but i genuinely feel that some employers have learned and get it but some are still pinging back and they put these things in back to our gift of choice conversation but the policy says this, oh, but health and safety, what happens if something happens in the person's home and they sue us? The likelihood of that ever happening is nothing compared to someone tripping over a wire in a bloody office, right? Yeah. So let's just get real, you know, let's just get real. So there's no magic bullet. There's no real kind of scripted answer for that, I guess. But it's around challenging your mindset and what you want your people to be, number one. And then what do you want your organization to be? And how does that impact your customers and clients? Because we're still going to have a viable business. You know, that's still the bottom. Yeah. And I don't think what you're saying means that that isn't the case, right? And just to go back on this, the other point you made, which I think is spot on around the pandemic, is it it brought into our collective consciousness the concept of mortality. Mm. Uh, But it not, you know, yeah, it's horrible. However... 
Um, I've been reading a lot of like the Stoics um, <laughs> philosophy recently around um, way back when the Roman emperor oh, Marcus Aurelius was said, <clears throat> like, in your decisions that you make today, remember you're going to die. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a guy now up to date, Gary V or Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you um, see no. any of his stuff, but have a look for Gary. He shortens his surname. So it's V-E-E. -E. Um, massively entrepreneurial guy. He kind of a bit Marmite, I think, but he seems, he's a, he preaches about kindness and compassion. And um, he, his TikToks are brilliant. He he was in a so he's got someone that follows him around filming him most of the day. He was in a cab, and someone recognised him, and he was stuck in traffic in New York. And someone came up to the window, knocked on the window. He wound it down, uh, and this lady said, "Can you give me some motivation in five words or less?" And he said, "You're going to die." <laughs> and it and it um it. I love that. It, it, her face was a was a real shock, and then and then. He, the, the car drove off or she laughed and went away or whatever but then he spoke about it afterwards and said you know because someone said why did you say that and he said because like to your point this isn't a rehearsal we you, you we blindly go through it without thinking about that kind of um, the mortality and go are you are you living your best life right now because you know what would make you happy are you doing it are you if you collectively look back at the last week even how many of the seven days did you were you really were you happy and how many were you not because if it's a two to five ratio so the weekend is where you absolutely loon out and you you love life but then five days is torment to get to the next two that's is that really how you want to live why not try and make the other five just as good Totally you know, what is what is it that can what is it that you can do because we've all got more i feel like anyway we've got more choices now than we've ever had yeah um the the power dynamic i think has shifted from let's say companies to individuals mm. you know that it's this kind of the the great resignation and mm -hmm. talent shortage I, I have to admit i look at that stuff and i go oh it's good it's great mm. Because guess what? It means we can't be complacent. We have to yep. get better. We have to up our game. We have to raise the bar and all those things. Hundred percent. You know what? What do we? What? What do we have to do? How do we? To your point, have we asked people? Have we? Have we said, hey, what's going to make you happy? Well, not this. Well, okay. Mm. How do we make this better? Then? And that's the starting point. It could be this is not going to. This is what's not going to make me happy. That might be the starting point because we tend to go to that more, don't we? Rather than what's going to make me happy. Yeah. Yeah. List all the things that make you unhappy. Yeah. And let's see if we can um, we can address them. And those, because there will be, I guess, a lot of people listening again that are kind of maybe in that place where they feel like they have to make a decision and they're they're constantly playing tennis with that yep. decision in their head, you know, nonstop. How does that game come to a conclusion? Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's all around, you know, allowing people to make those choices that work for them. And I guess, I mean, we're a small organisation. We're having conversations with an individual at the moment that we're looking to onboard. And she would make a fabulous, fabulous, amazing creative lead and a fabulous addition to Quantum Rise. 
and what the conversation is around you tell us what the role looks like you tell us when you want to work you tell us what works for you and what doesn't work for you yes it has to align to the company strategy and the output that we're looking for in that role but actually all of this stuff here, actually we said go away write your job description what would the ultimate and it's not even a job description it's a list of stuff you want to do you come to us and tell us and what do you want to get paid and and actually we're going to talk about unlimited annual leave um free private health care you know because we want that person to feel and whether you can be as invested as a an owner of a business i don't know i'm not sure if you could ever quite get there but as close to that as possible because a, it would be amazing for that person to say, I am completely autonomous and control of my output. Um, yes, I have responsibilities and accountabilities to that, but I can work when I ever work. I can take as much time off. I have to balance that time off with being able to deliver my outputs. Of course I do, but any sensible person would realise that. But I have the full flexibility to be able to deliver. I, I won't care when that person's working. There were times when I do want that person in front of a client, you know, if we're storyboarding yeah. something yeah. or whatever it might be. But for the rest of it, you do what you want to do, because I certainly work in that way. And Haley, my business partner, very young family, she certainly works in this way. So why would we bring somebody in and say you have to do Monday to Friday, nine to five when that doesn't work for somebody? Because automatically, as an employer, we're on the back foot. Why would we ever put ourselves in that situation? So I think it's kind of, so this is us kind of walking the talk here and testing that out. And as a small organization into our second year, we bring one person in that could break us, you know, so we have to get it right. And, and, and I know that's, that can be tricky when you scale that out to hundreds of people in contact centers or thousands of people across organizations. But if you get that first follower, that, that template or whatever you want to call it right, and you're happy with that, then there's no reason why that's not scalable, really. And and uh, and that's the mindset shift. And I remember when I was working in British Gas, there was layers of HR and layers of managers and layers of this, layers to that. And I'd sit in these meetings and hear why we couldn't do things. And I was leading the customer service apprenticeship at the time. All these reasons and policies and procedures around why we couldn't have young people in this part of the business or why we couldn't have NEATs on our movement to work program going out with engineers because some of them might have a criminal record and oh my god you know what's going to happen ah, and the unions got involved and said you can't put these young people out are you going to DBS check these young people no we're not going to DBS check what are you talking about we're going to give them an experience so they can understand what working life looks like isn't that a great opportunity and I remember sat there going you and I are we're on completely different planets yeah <laughs> And, there, and it was, I remember actually my jaw must have fallen to the ground a couple of times, like, you know, because some of the mindset around, to point earlier around uh, con being over careful and being too scared to, to do something different, that's what stifles going out and asking people what they want from their job. It's that micromanagement and scared of what might happen forget what might happen one in a thousand chance this is what's gonna happen if you don't treat your people in the right way think about what's possible in a good way not what's possible in yeah one in a million awfulness that um we're affecting everyone else by because you're just 
making this risk averse weirdness and i think that's the whole thing of which is great at the moment is all of those things have been smashed to bits yeah you know, but they are starting of, to creep back, back in a little bit. That's what we've got to be careful of. Oh, completely agree. And that's that kind of, but again, won't it come to, people will make their choices going right back to yeah. the start of this, right? People, when they come to think about how they want to engage with employment for the, in their own life, maybe with their side hustle incorporated, they're going to have a choice and they're going to go, yeah, you guys are practically Victorian because a lot of our working practices are Victorian. Mm-hmm. They've been broken and now we're going, yeah, but we like it the other way. We want to go back to that kind of command and control. Mm. Or we want our cake and eat it. That's the other thing, isn't it? Or we, mm. we pay lip service to this new way of working, hybrid, flexible, whatever you're going to call it. But actually, we still want you in the office three days a week. That's not hybrid mm. working. That's not flexible working. No. That's you still telling me where I need to be and when I want to be. And, and that's not that's not choice and empowerment. And it's kind of begrudgingly done, isn't it? It's like, oh, go on then. You can have two days at home because you'll probably toss it off at home. Rather than <clears> thinking, well, actually, is the output being good? Yeah. Well, what's the problem? To your point, I would very often say, even before the pandemic, I don't care. I don't care. I, I work this hour. I'm going to, I'll, I took this hour off. I'm going to get work it back. I'm like, are you insane? Mm. I don't care. But that kind of confusing apathy, it, that's not apathy. I genuinely thought, you know, do you're an adult. You set your, you live your life. Do you know you've got work to do? We trust you. We've employed you because you're good. Just get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And I think employers have confused the reason why people come to work yeah. in the past. Yeah. We don't come to work because we love it. We come to work normally because we've got bills to pay yeah. or it's what we think we should do. It's yeah. not because I wake up and, you know, and, and I'm not talking about running my own business. Of course, I have to run my business to pay my bills as well. But it's like, woohoo, I'm going to go to work today rather than yeah. going to the beach or spend the day with the kids. No, I don't want to do that. I want to go to work. You know, that's <laughs> not what happens. <laughs> well, we've let's say we, we're all. I, what was part three going to be? Because we're going to do a part <laughs> into part three i love it i love it i love it I, gonna... let's, let's carry on the conversation let's yeah. talk about um perhaps other things that people can be doing if they perhaps watch the podcast or listen to the podcast today and thought there's something that's kind of perhaps lit my fire a little bit based on that mm. oh yeah i've been thinking about that um so what can i do so maybe we can kind of talk about um, some of the things that you can do to think about setting up your own business or yeah. where's your, you know, kind of filling in the boxes of your guy, go and download yeah. guy, go and have a look at it. Um, and, and perhaps some of the supportive uh, opportunities there are around there, perhaps. Erica, thanks very much. We'll do part three next week, shall we? Sounds great. <laughs> it's just going to be a series. <laughs> yeah. Keep rolling. It's just because we've got to keep talking. <laughs> I can't. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks, Martin. Appreciate it. All right. See you on part three. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Why not head over to getoutofrap.com, access the free resources site, drop your email in there, and I will send you a one pager cheat sheet, some white papers, the newsletter anything really that comes out of the great content shared by guests. So head over to getoutofrap.com and sign up.